BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damien Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamien.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at The Main Damien. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to the They Call This a Movie. I am Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hi. How's it going, guys? Hello. Um, just sitting here, I was watching this movie going, were helicopters a big thing in the early 80s? Or is it just because I love the show Airwolf that I make that connection? Helicopters are always big. Yeah, Mark. In, they're in, helicopters. Any time period. They're yeah, science, like... Their science makes no sense. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. They're, a, they're a miracle of modern, uh, modern technology, if you I, think about it. Uh, yeah, I just... I guess I gotta chalk it up to like magnets too. Sure. Also, real quick, I want to give a shout out to a. Uh, are we allowed to do shout outs? Uh, I'll allow this one time, I okay. guess. Because today <laughs> at work, one of my coworkers was watching this film with me, and he already knows now that, you know, when I'm watching something, it's for this podcast. So he goes, "Oh, is this for uh, your podcast?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "So where do you post these?" I said, yeah, we're on iTunes. And he, he lost his mind. Like, no way. That is so cool. You actually do that? So uh, he subscribed to us. He's downloading. He's listening. He'll listen to this. So I just wanted to say thank you to Brock for listening. What up, Brock? 
Yeah, so I hope he enjoys this. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to They Called Us a Movie, Brock. Um, this week is uh, we're jumping a little bit of ahead of uh, the holiday weekend. It is Fourth of July weekend coming up, uh, so we decided to get America all over everybody's ass. We uh, we decided to go with a little Chuck Norris movie by the name of Invasion USA from 1985, directed by Joseph Zito. Uh, guys, what? is your opinion before going into this movie of one mr chuck norris or what do you know of him what have you seen any of his movies uh i'm glad you brought that question up because up until this point i had never watched a chuck norris film and i've seen movies with him in it you know the expendables uh was enter the dragon i think he was in i believe so yeah Yeah, that's that's a really good fight scene yeah, so I've seen movies with him in it, but never one of him starring. And I, and I think in our last podcast, I even mentioned, like, oh, it's about time uh, Chuck Norris made an appearance. And I'm really starting to regret that. I was kinda, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping he just would have stayed away from They Called This a Movie. Uh, and you know, I was expecting this to be a good performance and a lot of action. And I got a terrible performance and just some, like, there's action, obviously, but I was just real disappointed. Yeah. Sounds like someone that never watched Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) Uh, Here's another thing that Mark has seen a ton of, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, No, I've I've, actually never watched Walker, Texas Ranger. I have watched more Walker, Texas Ranger than I'll care to admit, but. It's too late for that. Uh Let's put it this way. When Conan was doing his joke thing, there were times I recognized the scenes. Yeah, that's my own. That's my only uh, acknowledgement of Chuck Norris is when uh, when Conan had the Chuck Norris uh, lever. Yeah. Um, so or the uh, the Walker Texas Ranger lever. So that's all my experience with Chuck Norris besides like his dodgeball cameo. Right. And, he is void of anything considered charisma, isn't he? Yeah, it's super bland. Oh it's, my goodness. it's watching paint dry in real yeah. time. Yeah, that's why his most famous scene and probably best performance is that fight scene in Enter the Dragon because he doesn't say anything for most right. of the, you know. Yeah. It's I'll, just him being a badass at martial arts. Sure. I'll, mm-hmm. And I'll take Can, I'll take everybody's word for it that he's great at martial arts. We really don't see it in this movie. No. Um, very like brief flashes, but he really doesn't show it off at all. Can I can I point out one thing I've noticed? Mm-hmm. This guy, aid like time has actually helped him in a way because he looks in this movie he looks so weird to me. I don't know why. But now, but now, because he's like 80, he looks normal. Right. All right. Now, I, I, maybe it just adds to the Chuck Norris mystique. Sure. I would go back and weird. even look at movies from the 70s because that that theory holds up even further because he's a weird looking dude in the 70s. He really is. I, I, I yeah. was trying to pinpoint who he looked <laughs> like. I, I, I couldn't pinpoint, but he just his face looks like it goes on for miles. <laughs> yeah um chuck norris um it's kind of this yeah this movie sucks um it it, so it's a canon movie which is 
infamous uh, Canon Productions for these kind of real just churning out movies that are explosions, boobs, although lacking in this movie. Um, they're there. They're there. Yeah, they're there very briefly. Yeah. Um, like they they picked up the Death Wish series after after the first two. I believe they started three, four, and five. Um, they did Break In and Break In Two, Electric Boogaloo, oh. um, as well as a bunch of Chuck Norris movies. Um, I think their model of movies would uh, would be they would um, they'd get a loan to fi- to finance one movie. And then they would immediately take any sort of um, uh, gross or any profit from the movie they just made. And then they would immediately finance their very next movie. So it was kind of like a revolving door of money and production. Um, and I think they sustained that for about 10 years and then they went bankrupt. That's a, that's a long time to sustain. Yeah. Um, and oh. this movie was made on a budget of $10 million and grossed 17 so it, it, this light profit. This movie looked like it cost seventy dollars to make. Yeah, uh, I would say that I, there are like the end, the final scene, the production value is definitely there. The amount of extras that they have yeah. and that 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 final battle scene outside the police station, I guess, um, it's definitely there. There's definitely you know. You gotta you gotta pay all those extras. So at the very least, they get tanks. They get a whole bunch of explosions, explosives, or squibs. So it's there. I mean, they do they do demolish an entire town too, or neighborhood, <laughs> I should say. Um, yeah. Everything just looks so cheap, though. <laughs> to, to me, I mean, even the tanks kind of look like toy tanks at times. Yeah, I don't know how you fake it, but I'm, so I'm assuming those are real tanks. I'm, I'm sure they are. They just to, to me, the overall budget, it just looks so so terribly cheap. Yeah, and I also didn't know that the uh, Department of Defense lets you buy troop transports. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the barges. <laughs> the barges you can just purchase. I, I will say one thing that this movie has going for it. There's a lot of great mustaches in this movie. Yeah, there's some yeah, great ones. Some quality mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. So if uh, you're a mustache aficionado, this is uh this is your movie. <laughs> That's one thing we could say about this movie. It has mustaches. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> it holds a five point four on IMDB and an eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Too Sorry, high. Chuck Norris, Richard Lynch, and Melissa Prophet, who is very annoying in this movie. <laughs> And she shows up at sporadic times too. It's like, wait, wait why is she here now? What, I, yeah. You almost forget about her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this movie doesn't even have much of a plot either. It is a series of scenes that happen, <laughs> eventually yeah. leading to an ending. Yeah. Right. It, it's essentially how the John Wick type movie could go bad. You know. Okay. Because yeah. you know this is just basically the whole movie is wrapped around. The Russian guy and Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. I guess what the entire movie is wrapped around, just like in John Wick, the whole thing becomes him and the son of that ru- uh, Russian uh, mobster. Right. Sure. You know, for that in that first movie. But at least in that movie, they gave you some lore and made it interesting. This was just we're just blowing shit up, and eventually, you know that Chuck Norris is going to succeed. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was uh, Michael Bay's first movie as a kid. <laughs> Sure, there's lots of explosions. 
gunfire and just really bad accents and yeah this is right up his alley it's he probably saw this and it just he had that epiphany where this is what he wanted to do in life mm-hmm. i will say that uh the makeup department in this movie boasts not only tom savini but Ooh. also greg nicotero oh walking, walking dead, dead. yeah look at that which is interesting that's the most interesting thing i can say about this movie <laughs> a couple diamonds in the rough yep I don't really remember that many makeup effects either for this movie. So it's surprising. The Russian guy looks like he's caked in makeup. Richard Lynch. <laughs> sure. He does He does look like he just came out of uh, serving a uh, a cleanup uh, shift at, at Chernobyl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he looks in, like... He looks melty face. I was going to say, he looks... Who, who played Skeletor in the Masters of the Universe? Oh, Max von Sydow? Uh, was that him or Robert Langella or uh, oh, Bo- Bob Langella? Frank Langella. Frank Langella. He kind of looks like Frank Langella in in Masters of the Universe. Just really pasty white, very skeletal. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is or was that? Uh, now, now we're going off a tangent. I want to know. Is was that uh, Frank Langella? I think it might have been. But I just want to confirm. Yeah, let's let's do a little research real quick. Yeah, Frank Langella. Yeah. Okay. Who now? Who was Max von Sydow? I feel like was he was he uh, in Flash Gordon? Maybe. I've never seen that movie. He was somebody. And Frank Langella. Flash Gordon. He was em- the Emperor Ming. In Flash Gordon. <laughs> Emperor okay. Ming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are avoiding the talking about this movie. Well, because there's really, like you said, there's really not, it's paper thin, the plot. Yeah, there's really not much to talk about in this movie. Uh, so we might as well just get right into it. Yep. We're going to try and breeze through it. Um, I, do, I still wound up like with five pages of notes. but uh, Overachiever. Yeah, right. So uh, the, the movie opens on Cuban defectors lost at sea. Trying to make it to Florida. Uh, they are tired, look hungry. They are uh, huddled. huddled and looks like they've lost all hope when a U.S. Navy boat approaches um, with guns drawn very aggressively. <laughs> but regardless, the, uh, the troops on the U.S. Naval ship uh, welcome them with uh, open arms and then immediately execute the entire team, uh, the entire uh, uh, defectors boat. Um, and find a ton of cocaine on it. Yeah, yeah I, wasn't, when, I wasn't expecting that part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When they uh, when they turned on them, I thought we were gonna have a are we the baddies moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was a man. It's really on the nose. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very apropos. I thought. Yeah. Um. So then we get a title card of Invasion USA, and we get yeah. our first look at our hero Chuck Norris playing what's his name Matt Hunter. Driving is a it, fan boat. Is it me or is there maybe it was just my my mind, uh, just the way he was dressed. I swear there is like video of Macho Man Randy Savage driving a fan boat like that. <laughs> Probably. With a, with a denim jacket open with no shirt on there. <laughs> no it. shirt on. <laughs> that that sounds like something Randy would do. Yeah. Um we get that sweet denim on denim. And yep. uh, that's all the hell for that scene. He's just driving a fan boat as the credits go <laughs> and wearing there's, denim. There's a couple um, of scenes like that where they just, it's just there to maybe extend the runtime. I don't know. 
Well, I think there are a lot of scenes that are there to just be almost a transition between action scenes. And it's usually like the FBI agents. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like terrorists decimate an entire neighborhood. Then the FBI agents show up at the previous, um, crime scene and then they go to the next crime then another terrorist blows up the the church or something like that um so it's just like it just i guess they just like well it's kind of edits weird if we just put a back-to-back action scene so let's throw these fbi agents in there for for good measure uh speaking of the fbi agents uh we meet fbi agent cassidy who's on the scene um as the uh, boat has come into port um they this is also where we repeat find our reporter mcguire she's on the scene first she gets her film confiscated by the cops fbi agent looks in on the boat uh didn't find any drugs but they sure as shit find a buttload of bodies (laughs) yeah yeah they left the bodies yeah Uh, and then we get just a quick scene of matt hunter gator wrestling with john eagle uh, it looks pretty real. Uh, apparently, Chuck Norris did all his own stunts here in his in this movie. Um, but that that alligator looked alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> did they say where this takes place? It's in Florida, right? It's in Florida. A lot of it takes place in Miami okay. um, and Georgia. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, the where we meet Chuck Norris, that's the that's in the Everglades somewhere. Right. You know. I thought it might have been in like Louisiana because I. You know, gator wrestling. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it could be, but you, it's not you know though. It's, it's Miami. Not. Yeah, the, the, the cop cars say Miami PD on it. I yes. think. And Miami also, Police. there's a scene where it says some restaurant in the Everglades. Yeah. You know. Well, just an interesting, uh, I guess, setting. You don't get many movies in that in that area. No, it's this in Police Academy uh, <laughs> six or something. <laughs> So only shit movies get set in the Everglades. Got it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next scene we get is Rostov uh, takes the coke to his drug dealer Mickey. I guess the plan is they're gonna tra- he's trading drugs for arms, just yeah. loading up on some weapons. Um, now Mickey is played by Billy Drago, and I have no idea where I've seen him before. But I've seen him before somewhere, and I looked on IMDb for three days. So I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> He's got the craziest looking face. Great hairdo, though. He looks like uh, he looks like a Siamese cat. That's actually hmm. a really good description. <laughs> Apparently, he was in the the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, that's not where I know it from. I have the no un- idea. I went through his film. I went through his filmography up and down. Could not place him. Like I've seen still, the Untouchables. That's not where I know him from. He's still getting movie. He's still getting acting gigs too. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, still being that weird Siamese fat cat face. <laughs> I guess the you know how every movie we watch has kind of like a uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It has a not not a tone but like oh a theme. So every movie we watch has this weird theme. I think this one is everyone has weird faces in this this movie. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. True, <laughs> everybody does. Like, uh, what's his name? The Richard Lynch who plays Rostov just mm-hmm. kind of looks like a a a version of Rutger Hauer with severe burns. <laughs> it, it's, it's he must have spent hours in makeup. 
So Dan, you're saying all these characters in this movie could have fit into the new Avengers video game and not been out of place. Come on now. How are you going to do that to my guys? <laughs> They're not, he, he's not, he doesn't look boxy. He just, he, he looks melted. <laughs> so, um, so they're trading drugs for arms. Uh, Mickey's chicks. He's got, a, he's got a woman with them. There's an aggressive amount of cocaine uh, yeah. while they're making the deal. And then they make the deal. And then Rostov uh, turns on Mickey and shoots his dick off. Then throws his chick <laughs> out the window. I, 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 I love that he does the... Well, I guess they did it first, technically. So it wouldn't be the Joker thing. Where he slams the girl's head and the coke straw goes up her nose. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, eye, the pencil eye thing. Um, um, that, was, that was a cool scene when he yeah. throws her out. I was not expecting this, that. This actually might be the best scene in the whole movie. I went, Fuck! It was cool. When it happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was and excited it, at that point. And it happens because of reasons. There's yeah. really there's really no reason why Rostov has to kill Mickey or throw his woman out the window right. or shoot his dick off. I mean, I guess leaving witnesses, I guess, is yeah. uh, is the thing. I guess these a Mickey is a paper trail. And maybe because yeah. Rostov is just a psycho. I guess is that what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I guess, but it's a pretty good scene. And then, like, cops show it. up, but beforehand, like, the guy comes in and steals the rest of the coke and runs away. <laughs> yeah, the owner I'm... of the hotel. Do, yeah. do we see that guy again? Nope. Yep. Okay. Nope. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We got a scene back in the Everglades where we find out John Eagle is selling gators as a side hustle. Uh, that's man, that's all we learned from that scene. <laughs> and he, he's ducking the government, apparently. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's been, it. He's been doing fan boat rides for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but at night, an old associate finds Matt and uh, tells him the company really needs him this time. Uh, so Matt must be a mercenary, sort of like Raven. That'd be great mashup. Raven yeah. and Ooh. this movie. Burt Reynolds. But Matt, but Matt says no. And he says... Uh, I think this this guy's name was. We only see him like twice, right? Or three times. We see him a couple times. His name was Adams. Adams, but they don't really they don't really name him. I had to look him up. Um, and he says that Rostov is back. And Matt's like, you should have let me kill him when kill him when you when I had the chance. Now he's your problem. Um, from there, we immediately get a Rostov dream sequence of I guess the time where. Um, Matt was about to kill him, but then decided not to. It's a scene from a foreign country. There's U.S. dignitaries meeting uh, some sort of king or ambassador or something uh, at a mansion. Rostov is sneaking onto the property to blow it up with like a rocket launcher. But Matt Hunter is there, and he's about to kill him, but doesn't. Um, so from here, we realize that Rostov... Besides trying to inflict a whole bunch of terrorism on America, also really wants to kill Matt Hunter, uh, despite yeah. it being a distraction, as his associate tells him. Another good thing about this movie, you brought up he's he's using a rocket launcher. There are rocket launchers out the ass in this movie. Yep. It's so we have how many good things do we have? We have mustaches, rocket launchers, and grenade launchers. A lot of yeah, the, like the the noob tubes, right? 
if they yeah. if this was a uh, modern warfare game. Uh, and I think that's it, right? There, there's a couple things that are that we have going for it. Yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> I can't think of anything else that I was like, oh man, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, knock and knock off Jennifer Beals as the photojournalist. Oh, she's the worst in this movie. <laughs> she's just such. She's like a bitch to everybody. Yeah, she's it's... just like, she's always yelling at the cops. She's yelling at the FBI agents. She's always yelling at at Hunter. Like she doesn't even know who the fuck he is, but she's Ooh. always yelling at him. Cowboy. Is she supposed to be like that really like Lois Lane? Yeah. Go the extra yeah. mile to get the story, but she's just a jerk. Yeah. Apparently, Chuck Norris was lobbying for Whoopi Goldberg to have that role. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting, interesting change that would have been. That's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have made it any better. No, not at all. I, I said interesting, not better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying, in my opinion, I don't think it would have made it better. Yeah, I, it, I I wonder their like their connection. If he was like he was lobbying for her, that seems like a weird duo. There would be a hundred percent more sass in the movie, though. Ooh, child. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like he's very conservative and he's very religious and. Uh, He's anti-gay um, lesbian, as we find out later in his life. Um, so it's interesting how their paths crossed in the 80s. Who did? Well, I, I'm saying Chuck Norris championed for Whoopi Goldberg to have that role. So oh, gotcha. I'm wondering if there was a relation, not not like a sexual relationship, but just like they must have known each other in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, maybe through Ted Danson. Was that around the time? I don't think so. I think this was earlier. Much okay. earlier. Yeah. But Ted Danson was early 90s? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so, then we get a scene back at the Everglades where Hunter's cutting some trees, and he has a cute pet armadillo. And as you do. As, <laughs> as one does in the Everglades, which I don't think they're native to nope. the Everglades. <laughs> um, but some guys on fan boat storm his house. John Eagle gets shot. And the guys use some rocket launchers to blow up Hunter's house. Luckily, he jumps out the window just in time, and the armadillo gets away. Yeah, I thought they killed the armadillo. I was gonna be out for blood. Uh, there is this one. There is one thing about this movie where they do a lot of explosions, but anybody that we spend more than five seconds with usually gets away unharmed. Yeah, yeah with That's the exception of the young Cuban kid in the beginning. Well. Mm. But not the main Cuban kid we we find, right? So it's like this two the two buddies and the shy one. I feel like is the not the one that gets. No, shot. no, 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 no. And in, in the uh, boat in the very beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the only one that dies that we spend any more than a couple minutes with. Yeah. So it it, it kind of pulls that punch a little bit because like we get a scene later where they completely obliterate a neighborhood yeah. and mm-hmm. we see a girl. And her family setting up Christmas tree, a uh, Christmas tree, and the entire family gets out alive. Um, was, I'm, I think I must have missed that part. Oh yeah, was, was that middle missed, of the movie? You missed the entire scene where they they just pull up in the middle of a neighborhood and they blow up every single house. Oh, that that's right. And then, <laughs> and a couple scenes later, the uh, the one detective is saying how the cops are calling in sick to protect their families, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, they just yeah they're blowing up random houses. Yeah. Um. So 
so Matt Hunter's house gets blown up. Um, he jumps out the window, the safety. Uh, he brings John Eagle's body into the house and sets it on fire. Sets what's left of it on fire. So, so you a, know, you know, he means business now. Gives he's it a nice nothing, Viking funeral. Yeah, he's <laughs> got nothing American. left. He's got nothing left to live for. So yeah. he heads to the mainland and he is pissed. Uh, yeah. He's about uh, to unleash prime Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. So we got a quick scene with Rostov meeting the other guy. The plan is set. That's really all that scene sets up. Again, yeah. probably just trying to cut uh, add scenes between weird transitions. Um, it's, from the, it, is this where they set up the thing where it their plan actually hits very close to like our reality right now? Um, they I said missed that they would, it, it. I think he says like we'll use their freedom against them. Oh, maybe I think that might be the scene. Yeah. You know, sort of like the way you know you could interpret using the you know freedom of social media against you know in today's society a little bit you of know. a reach there mark a little bit but <laughs> a little bit a little also, bit also at, at this point we're about a half hour in i'd say right 35 minutes into uh, the movie probably like 20 you think so i i think because we're getting to the part when chuck norris goes into the bar right no we're going to the part where they storm the beaches oh okay. and no, nothing happens and kills the two people on the beach, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's nighttime on the beach. Couple goes night swimming, and they start making out on the beach, and they are immediately executed. Um, and then hundreds of nondescript terrorists make landfall on the beaches, and they pack up in their whole bunch of trucks and drive off. And Rostov says, in 18 hours, America will be a completely different place. There's not nearly enough people to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's really more like Georgia. Yeah. Like Georgia becomes a a, a a martial law state. Right. I mean, and it, this show they go to show you at the end because they bring in the national guard and everything. Uh, these guys are just incredibly outmatched. Yeah. It's it's not even really. Yeah. Like think of what was that movie? Um, when the Russians invade. Red uh, Dawn. Red Dawn. Like if Red Dawn, just had like it, it didn't last for more than. A couple hours. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what it was. Yeah. Um, so next scene, we find Adams again is trying to get to Hunter. Finds him at a taco stand, and Hunter says he'll take the job. And see on that scene. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and that's that, the end of that scene. Oh, okay. You yeah, cut off. That's all it is. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we get a quick scene at the FBI agents show up on the beach crime scene. A reporter's there again, and she's complaining that she, you know, can't step foot on a live crime scene because she's an idiot. <laughs> um, so she's screaming for the cops to get her a story. Then she sees Hunter. She starts calling him Cowboy. And then he pulls the old Batman disappearing act on her, too. So he's there one minute, gone the next. Is there uh, anything he can't do? Uh, I don't know. He, he, rolls, he rolls a very impressive stealth check. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so then we get another nighttime scene, the busiest street in suburbia. It's Christmas time, family putting Christmas trees, putting up Christmas decorations, bringing in packages. There's teens making out in cars. There's skateboarders. And all of a sudden, our terrorists roll up and just an orgy of explosions, absolutely leveling the entire neighborhood. So this was actually the actual demolition of this neighborhood because it would uh, 
be it was set for de- demolition and they were allowed to destroy it and nice. is currently the Georgia International Convention Center in College Park, Georgia. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. But it's a pretty I, good trivia. I, I don't know how many studios are allowed to do that, but that is an awesome idea. Just seek out areas that are, you know, ready for demolition or about to be mm-hmm. late, you know, late to waste or whatever, and just say, hey, can we just borrow this for a scene? I, I think that's a pretty cool idea. I, again, I don't know. It's probably done more often than we think. Yeah. And that's how this movie was only $10 million. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, Again, uh, despite and um, most of these people do get away without serious injuries. Yeah. Um, most of the people that we see, anyway. Uh, we have a party at South Miami Community Center, uh, where a bunch of Hispanic people are having a good old time dancing. Yeah. I've uh, got a couple of guys trying to hit on some girls, and then uh, two terrorists dressed as cops show up. Um, which apparently is not is cops showing up to harass these people is something that's not new to them, which is a little on the nose. Yep. Now that you could draw parallels yeah. to today's, <laughs> today's society. Um, and then the terrorists just start shotgunning the fuck out of the crowd. Yeah. Um, but and during the melee, one of them says that they have to leave witnesses. Um, so some people die, most people live. And the real cops show up, and the crowd turns on them. That's right. Yeah, they start throwing bricks at them and everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. because, yeah, because they think that the cops just shot a bunch of their friends. Right. Yeah. Completely understandable. Well, yeah. yes. It is It is the reaction they should have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we get some scenes of Chuck Norris driving through the bad, bad side of town. Oh, this is great. Where just everybody's just yelling at him to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. Is it, or unless it's because he's white. And he's, he's a judgmental white dude with a mustache. I guess. He looks like <laughs> he, a huge square with that denim on denim and that. <laughs> he, he, I was say maybe because he looks authoritative. I guess. I, I I couldn't really figure it out, but they hate him. Yeah. With a fire, with a passion of a thousand fiery suns. <laughs> it's uh, and there are some really skeezy people in that scene. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Pretty not subtle. It's very taxi driver esque. Yeah. Or just there. There's probably a, a there's probably a movie in some uh, parallel universe where Chuck Norris was taxi driver and he just indiscriminately <laughs> killed hookers and pimps and drug dealers. I'm sure there's a movie script out there where Chuck Norris does all of that. And maybe there maybe there's a movie Chuck Norris did. We have no idea. Yeah. 100. Yeah. percent I yeah, couldn't the... tell you his filmography. Yeah, the I, I love those warrior-looking ass motherfuckers that kick the truck at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> With, they just pop up out of nowhere and start hitting yeah. Chuck Norris's truck for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we get he's I guess he's going to Gil's spot, which is a dive bar, uh, to meet an old friend who's probably named Gil. Um. He gets some info, and this is kind of like the the first scene where it's super obvious that he has like zero charisma <laughs> yeah yeah because the one guy's hassle him in the bar and he like basically breaks the guy's hand and he has some choice words for him but it's just like so flat and so, just so painful i want to i want to th- say that was probably take what do you, what do you think hundred uh, i don't think they had the money for a hundred uh. they were probably like take three like five or six they're just yeah. like all right he's just not getting we we 
We got to keep going. <laughs> it, 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 it reminded me of the uh, up and Adam. Uh, yeah. Up and at them. <laughs> up and Adam. Up and at them. Better. Yeah. Now you're starting to annoy me. I think he says that one time. <laughs> yeah, it's oof. it's painful listening to him act, really. <laughs> I really thought that he would have some more charisma than what he has. Especially in movies like The Expendables and Chuck, um, Expendables and uh, Dodgeball. I mean, Dodgeball, he really doesn't have any lines, but he at least gives off that kind of he's he's having fun with it vibe. Mm-hmm. Especially in Expendables when he's just basically it's nothing but one-liners for him. Yeah. yeah. Mark, question yeah. for you: Does he get better by like Walker Texas Ranger time, like the see does it seem like he learned anything? I think the best thing to say about that is that he gets better as Walker Texas Ranger goes along. Okay. Uh, because he probably I he don't want to gets like comfortable with the role. Yeah, I was gonna say comfortable is probably the best word for it. He starts to know what that character is. He's still still a little wooden delivering one-liners, but the the actual dialogue back and forth, like having to do cop shit in that um, show, um, he gets a lot better at as it goes along. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it this seems like he seems like the kind of guy that you know, the more he does something, you know, it, it he he probably gets you know less nervous about it, you know, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. being a guy that probably didn't want to be a movie star and just. You know, had a look of him in, about him in the 70s when kung fu movies were huge. Yeah. And then just became a phenomenon from there. Sure. Um, so from Gil Spot, he gets some information. Um, then we get another scene with the FBI showing up to the last crime scene. They have some words with the reporter, and they say that they're turning people on each other and against authority. Yeah. He has some sort of uh, monologue about you know, what happens when people can't trust authority. Um, then we get a scene in a strip club. This is our first and only pair of boobs. It's very darkly lit. And we get a guy who, at this point, I guess is a terrorist, um, yeah. picks up a girl and, back, and sent, brings her to the back room. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, first off, we have to talk about them two guys washing the car outside oh, yeah. of the thing. Yep. There's the most ridiculous guys in the whole movie. Um, and they're only set up for one purpose, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe this is the guy that gets shot when by John Eagle um, when they're on the fan boats. Oh, That's okay. why he has the bandage on his hand. Okay, I gotcha. I think it's the same guy. I didn't go back and look, but I think that's where the connection is. Okay, I missed that little detail. Um, yeah. But um, so... He goes to the strip club, he brings the girl to the back, and immediately he he gets his hand stabbed uh, by a hunter who's looking for Rostov. He's getting he's trying to get some information. Uh, a couple of guys, including those those two dudes that are washing the car, <laughs> they come up. One dude is uh, just muscle on top of muscle. muscle. They're like, what are you going to do now about this, bub? And he immediately just kicks that guy through through the door frame. <laughs> That's, like, that's the that's whole purpose for that guy yeah. is to just have that scene where Chuck Norris kicks him through the the uh, door just so you can see how much of a badass Hunter is. And this is this is the where he drops the line. Now you guys are really starting to annoy me. 
I'm probably giving the debt too much emotion, too. I, I was going to say, I think the problem with this is there's a lot of cool things that he does. Like, obviously, he's drop kicking people. He's breaking glasses with his bare hands over other people and stabbing dudes. But it's done so boring. Yeah. Like, it, very robot like. Yeah. It's, it's like this is mundane stuff. Like, I'm just going to stab this guy in the hand. No biggie. Moving on. I'm just like, come on, man. I mean, at least make it. I I should be feeling something when I see a guy get drop kicked through a you know a door or whatever. But mm-hmm. with him, it's just, yeah. Here here you go. This is what I do. Yeah. Um. So he he gets some information from the guy. Um. And then before he leaves, he places a live hand grenade in the guy's hand, and he says, "If you live through this." Tell Rostov it's time to die. Again, and, just super boringly. Yep. Yep, I gave too much too much emotion in that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he walks out, and then the guy throws the grenade out the window, landing in the car that goes that those two guys have been trying to clean, and it blows up the car, setting up, uh, like, finally paying off that joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which uh, is, is barely a joke. Right. Yeah. It just, just like everything that's... Uh, takes place outside the action. Yeah. Um, it's it's written by someone that probably on paper or in his mind alone in his office thought was a good idea and then just no one corrected him. You mean Chuck Norris, the writer of this movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it's mostly the I would say the uh, the transitions that don't involve Chuck Norris one liners um, are written by the other guy that wrote the movie. <laughs> It was like, gotcha. you, I know how to do this action stuff. You, you write that dialogue. Go ahead. We're not going to, we're just going to read whatever you write. We're not going to edit you. Um, so then we get, we move on to a mall scene during Christmas time. So it's packed. We got a really bratty kid with a, with some bubble gum. This throws part, a, yeah. It, it, this really confused me, this part. The <laughs> kid in the, uh, in the security guard. Yeah. The kid for some reason really wants to throw his gum on this Nissan pickup truck windshield and, and finally and the, does the cop is so ready for it too yeah he's like i got my eye on you buddy <laughs> and he does it uh kid runs away uh but meanwhile we get a nerdy terrorist is leaving some packages around um, <laughs> this is this is hilarious this part <laughs> and uh good samaritan knows the uh the motto see something say something right. tries to return <laughs> the guy's package to him <laughs> He will, this guy will stop at nothing to return this package, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Chasing him down the mall to return his package, just screaming, Hey, Sir, mister, you <laughs> forgot your package. This is definitely something that would not happen today. Yeah. <laughs> he was, this guy must have been, in his past life, like the best uh, mail carrier ever or something. Like, everyone gets their packages on my watch, all right? Yeah. So eventually... Yeah, it, it was so funny. Uh, so eventually the um, the chase scene devolves into the ter- a whole bunch of terrorists shooting into the crowd. And then the package blows up. And immediately after that, Hunter drives right into the mall with his pickup truck and That's jumps out and starts awesome. shooting. And he has some sweet dual holsters on his on his yes, back. He does. His, his Uzis. His Uzis. Um, so he's shooting at the terrorists. Terrorists are shooting at him. Uh, eventually, the terrorists jump into that Nissan pickup truck, um, hotwire it, and uh, drive off. Uh, 
is that they they drive through the parking through the mall into the parking lot when they uh, crash into a woman and her car. Um, they take one of the women pro- hostage. And props to the stunt woman on this because this is a long yeah. chase scene, and she's like being held out the window the entire time. Yeah. Um, it's it's a decent stunt. Um, but it's a a long chase scene that takes forever. Um, Hunter is in pursuit with the journalist jumps into the back of his. I, it's not even his car. His car. It's her they, car. They, they, it's her car. And they uh, attempt a daring rescue of the girl that's being taken hostage. Um, eventually they are able to pull her away from the terrorist and Hunter tosses a grenade into the terrorist truck and it blows up into a whole bunch of parked cars and that's the end of that scene yeah and those cars are parked like that just for this yeah they're parked end to end, like side to side and we like right the windows you can't open those doors nope um, just, just meant for this cool explosion scene mm-hmm so Rostov, uh, he questions the guy from the strip club. Um, the guy gives him the message that uh, Hunter sent. It was like, he's dead. And then uh, Rostov shoots this guy's dick off. Two dick shootings yeah. in this movie. And that's a pretty cool calling card, though. Is <laughs> Now, my thought is, been sitting here thinking about it since the first one, is Wait. the... Mark, no, thinking about this movie too much is not not good for you. Go right. ahead. No, you you would know better than me when I make this statement because um, you know about these things more than I do. Um, would the fact that they did the shooting there just be a way to hide needing like special effects or props or anything? You know, shooting down the pants means you don't need blood or anything. Really. I think it. I I mean, it's entirely possible, but. I mean, the first shot in this movie, the first person killed in this movie is a headshot that has yeah. zero blood. So yeah. they really didn't try and hide it at that point. I wonder if Richard okay. Lynch just requested that he shoot everyone in it's the like, dick. What if my thing is that I just <laughs> shoot people in the dick? Well, I, I would like to think that's what actually happened. Well, Chuck Norris wrote this, right? Yeah. I wonder oh, yeah. if he wrote that in. And Rustoff shoots guy in the dick. Like, hey, <laughs> Chuck, what what's going on here? Oh, just nothing. Just I just thought it was cool. He's like, he's like you know, you I see here you wrote that Rostov shoots this guy in the head, but I was thinking, wouldn't it be cooler <laughs> if he shoots him in the dick like a bunch of times? Right. Like, like, like wastes half, half his round. Like just unloads his clip into the guy's <laughs> dick. <laughs> I love it. Go with it. <laughs> Good. You know, because even if he survives, he's really dead. If you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> and and then what point, if he turns? What if he turns the gun on himself after yeah. that? He can't live with himself with no dick. Right. At this point, is there any? Is it really Chuck, worth Chuck, living? Chuck, it's getting a little dark. <laughs> I see it as that meme where everyone is in the. Uh, it's the people in the meeting room and the the boss is leaning over like, all right, so how are we going to make this better? And then two people say some random answer and the third guy gives like an out of this world answer and gets thrown out the window. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, how are we going to make this better? What about a headshot? What about a body shot? And then Chuck Norris just leaning over. What about a dick shot? <laughs> thrown right out the window. Jazzy Jeff, I'm out the window. Yep. <laughs> um, so Rostov shoots that guy in the dick. And then uh, that's the end of that scene. Uh, yep. <laughs> Which is kind of unfortunate. I, I enjoy that this entire movie is just that you could do that for every yeah. scene and go, and that's the end of that. 
Yep. <laughs> and that's then we the move end on. Of that. That's the end of that chapter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, according to trivia, uh, I'm just going to pull this up real quick because uh, it's it's kind of uh, indicative of how we're uh, processing the uh, the point of this movie, which is there is no point in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Uh, canon films completely removed all the story elements and background characters in the editing room in order to concentrate on Chuck Norris and the action. Editor Daniel Lowenthal has stated that Canon's cut made the film heavily episodic and pretty much a collection of explosive action scenes. Exactly what we get. Yep. Uh, no more, so, no less. Mm-hmm. So after the dick shooting off scene, uh, we got military presence are now on the streets. They're putting up road, roadblocks. Um, Hunter's trying to get through the roadblocks, but he can't. So he's driving around town. Eventually gets stopped by terrorist poses military, um, who he shoots both. And he gets some more information. We get some curfews now put in place. Everybody's trying to get home after dark. And we got a scene in a church yeah. while terrorists get set to blow up a whole bunch of church-going white people. Uh, <laughs> Hunter foils their plans by uh, disarming the bomb and then blowing the terrorists up with their own bomb. And then that's the end of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> he, has a, he has a one-liner where he says, didn't work, did it? And then blows them up. Yeah. Now it does, or something like that. Yeah, it's something, something real dumb. <laughs> Again, just, it's yeah. just that's that's one of the hot things. Wires, the hot wires the bomb. He's got a lot of one-liners in here, and none of them are memorable. They're yeah. all written by Chuck Norris. Yeah, and it's it, it's yeah it's. I, I wonder if it's one of those things where he was saying it and he thought it sounded cool, and maybe no one had the no one had the heart to tell him like this is this is just terrible, Chuck. <laughs> Also, I don't know if anyone called him Chuck. Probably. I guess so, right? Because that's Chuck Norris. I feel like well, with canon, it wasn't like the details didn't really matter in any of their movies. It's like you know, it's there's no one really looking over their anybody's shoulder, read it, like reading the the scripts and giving anybody notes. It's just like, all right, well, we we've got this money, we got to make a movie right now, so we can make more money, so we can make another movie. Right. You know, it's all about, I guess it's all about just keeping their head above water to make the next movie so that they could fund the next movie. Yeah, just, just churning out yeah. uh, content pretty kind of like what we do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so they're, they're probably just like, oh, you've, you've written this script in three weeks. Oh, excellent. When can you start filming? Right. <laughs> um, so there's chaos going on at the supermarket. Uh, they're having a hard time getting any food. They're running out of food because of the military presence. Uh, the military are actually terrorists and they go to open fire on the crowd, but then Hunter shows up and kills a bunch of them. The shopkeeper which, has a shotgun and gets a, a round off. Which I don't know if they cut this, but at that point, it from the people's perspective, it looks like this crazy guy just drove up in the truck and killed six military people. <laughs> That's probably what actually happened. What if there's, uh, what if like all this just happened, all the terrorists were just in Chuck Norris's mind? Just the same movie? <laughs> that's that's incredible. It's, it's almost like a, a Rambo where he was a, like Chuck Norris was a, a special op <sighs> and just maybe he was brainwashed or. Guys, couldn't, what? couldn't wait to the make the movie better moment, could you? <laughs> <laughs> Was that really one of your... Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Get out of here. 
Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, no, what if all these people that are supposed to be <laughs> yes. terrorists dressed as military people are just actually military people? And the end of the scene is just him in a padded room, and that's the end of the movie. Or, or him in the electric chair. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's a, uh, it's a Jacob's Ladder scenario. Yeah, yeah, a very dark ending, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's well, going to do it for us here at uh, They Call This a Movie. Well, uh, well, technically, all the terrorists were in Chuck Norris's head as he did write the movie. That's true. But yeah, no, what if what if there were no terrorists? Yes. That's uh, and this guy was just murdering cops and... <laughs> like, That'd be like great. On the news, it's just a uh, random man going on killing spree, targeting cops and, and uh, army men. Turns yeah. out the real terrorists were the friends we made along the way. The way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good tagline. Yeah. So uh, at the grocery store, the reporter gets taken hostage, and she screams at at a hunter to help her. So he immediately does, and uh, she is annoying about it because she says he could have killed her. She definitely has a point though, because he just yeah. basically takes the guy's gun and just shoots him in the head and make, pays no minds for the direction that that gun is head, is facing because she should have gotten killed by it. You, you said do something. Yeah, you said do something. <laughs> uh, and then he just leaves. And that's the end of that scene. <laughs> and then we get a scene. Kids are being bussed out of the city for their own safety. Um, and I guess a lot of people are leaving the city. So there's a lot of traffic heading out of the city. At a construction uh, area on the road, uh, the terrorists run over a construction guy just so they could get, catch the bus and stick a uh, a bomb on it. So Hunter, he drives up next to the alongside the bus, pulls off the bomb, sticks it to the terrorist car, and the terrorist car blows up. <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. <laughs> you guys forgot this. Jeez, another terrible one-liner. Yep. Um. And then that's the end of that scene. And then we have a scene where Hunter mournfully looks on at a destroyed carnival. <laughs> and Adams shows up and they kind of hatch a plan to try and get uh, whatever. What's his name? Rostov? Rostov. Rostov, uh, Rostov yeah. yeah. To come out of hiding. And that's the end of that scene. One thing I've noticed so far, Anthony is usually pretty good with remembering everyone's names in these movies. Mm-hmm. You're struggling. Yep. I, I, it's got to be because of the movie. Well, like, really, they they so only ever name they really only ever name two people consistently: Rostov and Hunter. Yeah. Um, most pe I think most people don't even have names. They have them in IMDb, but like they're they're not named very awesome, very often. Um, like McGuire McGuire is the name of the reporter. Do you really, I don't think they ever say it. They say it once. Um. At the first time we see her, um, and they don't even give her—they don't even give her a first name. Uh, so that's the kind of level of thought that they put into this. Right. Uh, like you said, it's just abandon that for yeah for uh, action. Yep. So the plan is Hunter holds up in the motel and he lets himself get arrested by the FBI, who are like, you know, your vigilante justice is is not real justice. Blah blah blah. So you're going in, and then. Uh, <laughs> Rostov, yeah, Rostov is watching some televisions about his handiwork, um, and at some point, Hunter gets taken in into the police station, um, and he dresses Rostov directly on TV, basically calls him a coward and tells him he's going to kill him. 
which yeah. sets Rostov off to break one of his many TVs. He's got three lined up right next to one, right next to each other, because he doesn't know how to use a remote, I guess. Again, another moment in the movie, uh, the Chuck Norris part in this scene, that would lend to the credence of if it was all in his head, it would be a better movie. <laughs> if he's just insane. He's just insane. He was like uh, the guy that killed, like, all, killed all those kids in the subway in the 80s, Bernie Getz. Yeah. It's yeah. time to die. Yes. He's in a live television. He's like, oh my, holy shit, this guy's nuts. Um, so then Rostov gets his crew together. They break in and steal a bunch of armored cars. And uh, they start, storm the FBI building to fight with the real military. Uh, there's an insane amount of, of people shooting at each other in this scene. Um, but it's not very fun. This scene goes on for fucking ever. Yeah, again, it's all of these action sequences are just kind of there, I guess. Yeah. Everything is just kind of your run-of-the-mill action scene. It, it, it's like something that should have happened in the first half of the movie, not for uh, not towards the end. Yeah. I mean, I'll, like I'll give I'll give this scene credit for the production value just for wrangling this amount of people into this one scene and having the helicopters, the the uh, the tanks, and all that kind of stuff, but like it goes nowhere. Like we, I don't. There's no. I don't know how many people get shot and killed in this scene. There's yeah. really not any um, like uh, plot or story yeah. that gets affected by what's going on outside. Because most of the 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 action that we care about is on the inside of this police station. Yeah, there's there's it's two true. things that happen in this that stand out to me. I want to applaud the stuntman that gets blown back towards the camera when they crash into the armored vehicle place. That was that was jarring, I'll say. Because <laughs> yeah. um, he he takes a tumble. Well, he gets, yeah, he gets blown up. <laughs> uh, they put him in the wrong spot for that stunt. I wonder. I wonder if there, because it does. It look. It it looks hard. It looks like it hurts. Yeah. I wonder if that was a mistake. R.I.P. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wasn't. Oh, John Landis wasn't directing this movie. I God think he came damn out it! I was going to make the same reference. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to say it. This is the uh, Steel Mark's Thunder podcast. <laughs> oh man. Maybe you should uh, just host Mark. <laughs> Because I've had that story in my head recently because people were making fun of Max Landis and calling right. his dad a helicopter dad. And <laughs> just... <laughs> it's been stuck in my head since I read that on Twitter. Anyway, um, the second great thing is I love those terrorists walking through the lobby of the command center just shooting their guns <laughs> at nothing. Yeah. Just just firing at the wall and the cubicles. Just wasting ammo for no reason. Yeah, I got real skyscraper vibes from this scene. <laughs> so did I. That's what. That's Chuck Norris is going through the uh, the office building. Yeah. And to me, I was like, oh, this could have been used in skyscraper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is so Hunter goes from office to office shooting a whole bunch of terrorists. He eventually gets a hold of a really big gun and manages to blow away two guys through a wall. And then we have the showdown with Rostov, who also has a giant gun. And then, everyone has grenade launchers, by the way. Yeah. Um, they, they all put that upgrade on their gun. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they, they found it in a uh, 
uh, drop, I guess. So they kind of do a uh, standoff and a slow motion, uh, you know, uh, draw. And, yeah. and uh, Hunter gets the drop on Rostov and blows him through a window. With a rocket launcher. With a rocket yeah. launcher. Yeah. A slow motion rocket launcher versus grenade launcher moment. And I don't think I think more movies need that. <laughs> it's very uh, anticlimactic because they never even share words. No. Right. You know? And their background isn't really I, explored further. Yeah. I think the only words they exchange was uh, Hunter says it's time. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. The only yeah. two words they ever speak to each other in the movie. It's very disappointing. Yeah. It was like a little more weight to that to that final meeting. Because that was all this movie is about. It's just them right. too. Yeah, I would have taken exposition during a fight scene of finding out why they hate each other. Well, yeah, th- I mean that's what this whole movie really should have been about: building up that yeah that tension between Rostov and Chuck Norris's character, who I don't remember his name. Hunter. Uh, Matt Hunter. Hunter. Matt Hunter. So yeah, what we know that they met at one point in like the Congo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's really all we know. And Chuck Norris had a chance to kill him, but didn't. Doesn't. And, but we don't know why. Yeah, because Adams told him not to. But it seemed like it was his choice in the in the flashback. Oh, yeah. He he had him dead to rights. Mm-hmm. He's been like, oh, he put up a fight. Whoops. We yeah. killed him. <laughs> uh, I would love to see this end scene if they just, like, if they both just threw down their guns and we had a good old-fashioned fist fight. Yeah. And in true Chuck Norris fashion. Yeah, because he doesn't. Do, he does a kick. He kicks the one guy through through the door frame, um, and that's about it. Yeah, like, and, I, the, and the only hand to hand combat they have is basically Chuck Norris just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Before like, he goes and gets the rocket launcher. Yeah, I think that would have been more than uh, more than fine um, if we just had them be like, it's time to end, finish this, and they're just like to hell with these and they just like karate at each other for yeah. several minutes and then maybe he kicks he kicks him through the window and he lands on something 100 yeah. percent. that's how i would have ended that kick him through the window mm-hmm. and then say a witty one-liner like just, uh, see you later comrade or something like that yeah and then end in the freeze frame yep we have a freeze frame ending which is how many do we have now? Are we four? Three, three or four. Three or four. Yeah. We have killing. Killing zone. Killing zone. Then we have end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have this. this one, and I feel like there's a there's a fourth one. Is Raven one? Oh, Was it maybe. Raven? I can't remember. I think I'm, no, no, no. Sleepaway camp. Sleepaway yeah, camp. That's it, sleepaway oh, that's camp. right. With yeah. the, uh, the the chick with the terrifying face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. There we go. And that's Invasion USA. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it was painful. a slog, a little bit of a slog for a movie that that packs that much action. It's very it's disappointing to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, it delivers on that. It's like it promises you action and gives the action, but it's like it's boring action. Right. Yeah, and none of fun. it is none of it is fun. I agree. It's very run of the mill. It's like something you would see in a TV movie. Mm-hmm. there's just no there's no stakes to any of the action nope because it's not it's not hunter is like the only person we really know and he's not he's not in any danger he's the one stopping the danger yeah and even like you said the people who we meet 
kind of they all make it out alive for the most part. So mm-hmm. we don't even think that the civilians are in any danger. Right. Yeah. Like that. Those that one kind of took me out of it. When it was like, not that I want to see that that cute little girl that finally got to put the the Christmas the star on the top of the Christmas tree to just get blown to bits. But when she walks out unscathed and her mom is there, and then you're like, oh well, maybe the mo- the the dad and the son died. Oh no, yeah. no, dad and son is right over there. Yeah, like, the, right. What the fuck happened? Did they just go out? Maybe, did, they, did they have dinner on the back porch? <laughs> maybe it's uh, just the time we're living in now. But I did find it unique that the uh, two times when they attacked white neighborhoods, everybody came out alive. And mm. then the gathering at the Spanish place and on the boat at the beginning. Right, the refugees. That, were, is, that is a fair point. Yeah. yeah. White people make it out pretty nicely the, in this movie. The church, the bus, yeah. the neighborhood. Do we find out from this movie that Chuck Norris is secretly racist? I don't think it's that secret, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I don't follow, I haven't followed his career. So I, is is it like a well-known fact that he is racist? Uh, I kind of looked it up when we decided to do this movie. I kind of looked up his, his politics. And he is Republican, but he's also um, been a large donator to anti... Like he... He opposed uh, same-sex marriage in California, okay. and he's, he's donated. Uh, yeah, it's too late for me to even try the acronym. LGBTQ. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's very anti-LGBTQ. Interesting. Yeah. I did uh, not know that. Yeah. 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 He's very he's very religious. Um, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense. I I didn't even get to what made this movie the worst. Okay, lay it on me. And that was my one coworker for about an hour telling me Chuck Norris jokes. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. And he would do it and they were it was like a novel when he would tell the joke. <laughs> right, he would tell it, all the long ones and I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's funny." Was hilarious. It wasn't it wasn't the short ones like the Nope. Curing cancer one and all that? Nope. He did one about Jesus and makes sense with chuck norris yeah it was basically oh it was uh chuck norris was one of the wise men and then how the other wise men were jealous of chuck norris so they omitted him from the bible and then jesus did that i was like oh my god this is so poorly done <laughs> are you sure it's... this kid wasn't just pitching you his screenplay <laughs> if he was he, he i'm not picking it up that's for sure i am not green green lighting that project <laughs> He also endorsed Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore in twenty in two thousand seventeen. Ah, uh, so yeah, he's a he's a slime bag. Yeah, hasn't been completely canceled, but yeah, he's kind of you know he's kind of gotten out of Yeah, he's he's done it under the radar, I think. I think that's probably what it is. I don't think he's in the limelight as much as uh, some other people. Yep. He's not he's not James, full James Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't hang out on Twitter. He kind of mm-hmm. keep yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't. He doesn't do his stuff under his real name and not his stage name, a la The Undertaker. But yeah, what's your favorite Chuck Norris joke, Dan, after you heard them all? My favorite is probably, uh, what is it, the, something simple like the, the boogeyman check, checks for Chuck Norris under his bed every night. Sure. That's probably there was, I think I think part of that too is Superman wears Chuck Norris pajamas. It, it, it was something we were talking about it at work, 
Um, basically, those jokes were funny for about a week when you heard yeah. them, and then they were they were done. I, yeah, I, yeah. I remember sitting in college and I was reading them and I was getting a kick out of it, but then I heard them again and I was like, oh well, well that's pointless. It, it ran its course so quickly. Yep. Chuck Norris doesn't sleep; he waits. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, Chuck Norris's tears cure cancer. Too bad he doesn't cry. <laughs> or when when Chuck Norris uh, does push-ups, he's pushing the earth. <laughs> and it's there, there's a few that are funny, but again, yeah. mm-hmm. not long it, drawn out wise men. Version. No, yeah. no, yeah, we we need nice and quick here, friend. Uh, okay, guys. So how do you make this movie better? Well, Mark, how, how would you make this movie better? I don't think we know yet. <laughs> could I just go with my second choice? Yes. Uh, well, you could if you if you want to expand on your first one, go right ahead too. No, no, that was it. Or it, it, you could do it one of both ways. You could have Chuck Norris's character be nuts and imagining everything, or you could have Rostov be imagining that like Chuck Norris' character is not real. Mm. I know? think I like I think I like Chuck Norris going yeah, being the, the insane one. one. It being crazy. But that's, that's not my cool. second choice. The the second one I have, so I'll just say it now so you guys don't take it. Um, I probably won't take it, but uh, the one way to make it a little more intriguing is to maybe instead of having it be the foreign bad guy, have it be like um, an actual part of the U.S. government or military, you mm. know, doing a, you know, inside job invasion sort Ooh. of thing. You Alex know, Jones style. You know, a rogue. <laughs> You know, a rogue wing of the armed forces. False flags. Yeah. It's not bad. And that, you know, uh, Chuck Norris is trying to save it, but then he keeps getting, uh, he's chased by the FBI because they think he's the terrorist, you know, Mm. sort of thing. Interesting. Cool. Dan, what about you? So I had time to think about it because I really didn't know what I, because this movie was just so bland. I'm like, well, how do you fix it? So one thing that I had noticed that they did was they were imper- the terrorists were impersonating you know military police officers and i thought like all right well how about again like bringing this to modern day where people aren't really trustworthy of our law enforcement how about the terrorists are infiltrating you know our military and our uh, police officers and making the public not trust the the police and it turns out it's just this con- it's a conspiracy and Chuck Norris is kind of he's getting to the bottom of it. Gotcha. Okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah, okay. I think I think I make it better by putting anybody with a little bit of charisma in the lead role. Yeah. Um having, you know, bringing the plot back. I mean, there's really no reason for this reporter to be in this movie. No, I you think, take her out, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. I think you you bring that storyline a little bit back. Maybe your partner, maybe she's uncovering things, and maybe it's a mystery what's happening, and he doesn't realize it or something. And then all ro- like her investigation leads him to Rostov or something. Yeah. Why why do I get the feeling that Kurt Russell would be really good? Because Kurt Russell is amazing in everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I actually thought this would be a, a Steven Seagal kind of movie. Uh, Steven Seagal would make this movie better, and Steven Seagal is awful. Oh, yeah, because he, yeah. you know there would be a lot more fist fighting in it yeah. with Steven Seagal, and he, and Steven Seagal would not get like no one would lay a finger on him. Never. It would it's be never hol- Yeah, it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but at least um, his delivery would be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many people you can just 
swap in there. You can either go for, you know, actual really good actors, like I said with Kurt Russell, or you could do, um, you know, JCVT, mm-hmm. you know, in there. But I don't think, was JCVD around at that point? I think he was, right? I don't uh, know. I don't think so. Because yeah. he was barely in, he was in Predator for a hot minute and a couple right. years later. I don't think he was really well known yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying in general, this type of movie. Gotcha. Yeah, no, absolutely. Drop. Yeah. You but can either yeah, go no, the completely, you know, that type of route, or you can go and make it into the, I think like a Kurt Russell type would fit the movie Anthony's trying to make mm-hmm. as long. And you put them with, you know, you know, uh, I I'm trying to think of without like just picking out popular names. Yeah. For some reason, and trying to think of a time period. You know, in my head, for some reason, I was like, uh, um, crap, I lost it. But, um, you know, just putting like a wisecracking, like making like a buddy cop, you know, between him and the female reporter. Mm-hmm. And, and those, those were pretty big in the 80s still. Right? Yeah. You had I'll a lethal weapon. Just have uh, a Big Trouble in Little China reunion. Yeah. Kim Cattrall. Yeah. yeah. You know how you make this movie better? Or you know how we make this better? By watching a different Chuck Norris movie, we watched the wrong one, I think. I don't know, man. There, I don't know. I don't have any faith that there's a better one. <laughs> or at, at least the synopsis is better. So he was in a movie in 1982 called Silent Rage. A sheriff tries to stop the killing spree of a mute, maniacal murderer who, as the result of years of medical experimentation, has the ability to self-heal. Ooh, that does sound good. Bad. I'm pretty sure Rift Tracks has done one. Um, uh, episode on Silent Rage, so ah. it's probably worthy. Okay, so I just I picked one at random yeah. out of his uh, filmography. He was also in Way of the Dragon, not Enter the Dragon. Ah, okay, oh, yeah. Way of the Dragon. Sorry, I apologize. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, Invasion USA, not great, um, but it had USA in the title, so that's why we watched it. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, real quick, the slightly tangent. I had to look this up while you guys were saying it. For some reason, I was trying to think of the movie um, that he starred in uh, that had the last name McQuaid at the end right. of it. And I kept saying Launchpad McQuaid. <laughs> okay, is <laughs> that a thing? No, it's no, it's tales. Lone Wolf McQuaid, but okay. it's, it's, what is it, Launchpad, the, the guy from DuckTales. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Launchpad McQuack or something like, like that. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's also in a movie called Top Dog, where he has a dog cop partner. I watched uh, that. It's ripping off Fletch. Or no, that's more Tony Renouge. Yeah, Turner and I was gonna say, does Fletch have a dog in it? I don't know. No, I don't think <laughs> Mark, so. Mark, where are you going? You're going off on these tangents. <laughs> Reno the dog pairs up with tough cop Jake in a thwarting criminal organization. Man, that's like his last movie before, you know. 1995. He does something in 2003 after that, and then it's Dodgeball and the Expendables. And that's it. That's all he's done since Top Dog. Well, he was uh, a Walker, Texas Ranger lasted for yeah. nine years. Yeah, in terms wow. of films, it's like an eight-year gap. 196 episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. There's a lot of episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, they that... couldn't make those four more, though. It's in, it makes indication. Yeah. Ah. Isn't it 100? No, it's only 100. I just... Uh, Four more for just an even 200. 200. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Man. Sorry. <laughs> the one, the one, the one Chuck Norris clip I always remember remember is with Haley Joel Osment, where he's like, Walker tells me I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that he played the Ranger Walker 
in two looks like made for TV movies as well. Oh, during that time frame. Cordell Walker? Yeah, Cordell Walker. Yeah, it's in Martial Law and Sons of Thunder. Oh, wow. He's got nice. Walker, Texas Ranger, Trial by Fire. It was a 2005 movie. Yeah. I, again, this is all stuff I've never seen. I'm, I'm really upset that I missed that Haley Joel Osment. Oh, yeah. Scene. I only know I only know it from Conan. And, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you type Walker Tell, it comes up immediately on Google. It's... It auto it it auto fills. What are the chances of us? Of, what not us, but what are the chances of getting Chuck Norris and Haley Joe Osment to re to uh, redo or uh, what, what's the word re reenact reenact to reenact that scene? Oh, man, I, think got, if, oh, I think if I think if we petition Jimmy Fallon enough, he could make it happen. Yeah, that that sounds like something up Jimmy Fallon's alley. How do all right, so how do so I'll take to Twitter and we'll get on this. What was that? Oh, I'm sorry, I was watching the Walker Texas Ranger clip. <laughs> I, I was saying we if I'll I'll just tweet Jimmy Fallon. How do we can we get Chuck Norris and Haley Joe Osment to redo this scene to reenact this scene? And I, <laughs> I feel like so. if we if we get that hashtag going, Walker told me I have cancer or it was AIDS. AIDS. Walker, told, Walker tells me I have AIDS. That's that's a hashtag that will take off, I think. Oh, I just I I think I need to watch the the episode to just get the context the context of it. Uh, oh man, that makes me laugh. I think that's that's all that's all she wrote for this episode. Of, yeah, that's uh, a, that's a good high note to go out on. Oh yeah. man, yeah. And a little final Chuck Norris trivia: He's been in three TV series or five TV roles outside of, along with Walker Texas Ranger. He has played himself in three of the five or four of the five. Wow, it's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for Invasion USA episode. Uh, next week, I believe we're gonna take a, a break. Yes. It is the Fourth of July week. Um, it's also a couple of our birthday weeks, so we're yeah. uh, we're gonna you take the man. a well-deserved uh, little week off. So we'll be back then the week after that um, with some movie. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> But uh, you can subscribe to the podcast and listen to – if you haven't listened to any previous episodes, you go back and listen to that. We are They Called Us a Movie. You can find us on theycalledusamovie.podbean.com. You can find us on themaindamie.com. That's our main website. We post uh, – in theory, we post articles. Um, <laughs> we haven't done so in some time. But Dr. Evil quotes around that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hopefully – uh, someone won't be as lazy as they've been recently and they'll start writing more articles. Um, we're the main Damie on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You just uh, type the main Damie on those and that's where we'll be. Um, what else can I say? Uh, we're on like, just a, sh- sure. But before that, we're on most podcast services, um, just on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, basically, if you have a podcast streaming app, just search for us and it should pop right up. We're now proud the members of Geek Vibes Nation, who do some great work by uh, posting a whole bunch of episodes of a whole bunch of different types of podcasts. Uh, surely, there's probably a, a show for you. They've got top tens, they've got bests, they've got geeks against the grain. They got, a, I think, a wrestling. Um, podcast i think they have a uh they do have basketball but obviously that's over 
Um, what else do they got? They got, I think they have a comics one or like a comic uh, TV show one. Um, yeah, great stuff. A lot of good we, stuff over there. We pop up there. They have articles on GVNation.com. They actually do write articles. Um, and yeah, you just look for Geek Vibes Nation on again any podcast streaming app, iTunes, all that stuff. They should pop right up. Um, do you guys have any uh, plugs? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say make sure when you subscribe and download uh rate and review us please uh, give us a a good review a bad review i'd rather you give us a good review but i guess any review is a good review i don't know but just uh, get on there say something nice about us uh you can follow me at diaquino122 on twitter uh, i am also on instagram but i don't do anything with this podcast so don't follow me there uh you can also follow us on Twitter, our Stranger Damies account is at Stranger Damies. That is our Real Play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And we will be uh, releasing... Uh, it'll be... Re- well, how would I say it? It was released yesterday. Correct. Yeah, the that final the episode yes. of the last session. Yes. And then we got some pretty cool stuff coming up yep. with that podcast. So please keep an eye out for that. And uh, that's all I have to plug right now. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh... As he said, be, be on the lookout. We will have a, uh episode in the Stranger Damie slot. It'll be uh, Talking to Strangers next Wednesday. Um, we just recap everything and get you caught up so that everything at that point, um, you will know what's happening going into our next session that we're filming uh, this weekend. Um, and hence that I use the word film um, because it will be on video. Um, our first time doing video, so we're really excited. Um, so yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Um, also we started out a, uh, video game podcast, uh, called the game vault. Um, be sure to look for that on Monday. We'll review our trip to too many games, uh, the, uh, convention for used games and, uh, apparently wrestling for some reason, um, is there as well. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. And then, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, um, at off the mark tweet. Um, like I said, Mostly it's a it's a mixture of sports stuff, gifts, and just really dumb things that nobody pays attention to. Um, so be sure to go on there if you want to, you know, um, just any questions about everything that we do in general. But I would recommend if you have any strict Stranger Damies stuff, um, hit up the at Stranger Damies um, with constructive criticism or actually any suggestions you may have on how to improve the the video stuff because uh, we are rolling into a new thing there so uh, anybody that does have any experience with it that might have some constructive criticism with that i'd we'd appreciate it okay um and for the game vault it is um uh, on twitter at game vault pod um so you yeah. can find that yeah. there yeah uh, ben we're podbean right now uh you know gamevault.podbean.com or yeah and then we'll be on iTunes shortly. I believe we need one or two episodes before they'll officially let us on, but we'll be there um, in the next couple weeks here. Okay. Yeah. And I am at Ant Delvec on Twitter. You can find me there. Um, and that has been this episode. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Um, don't miss us too much. Go back and listen to some other episodes if you want. Uh, the Gotti one is excellent. Um, yes. They're all great. <laughs> I don't know why I picked that one out. But that, was, that was on my mind recently. Um, 
But that's going to do it for us. Uh, the director of Invasion USA is Joseph Zito. For So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Joseph Zito to go fuck himself. <laughs>